Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue listening to Planned Population Reduction by Stan Monteith today. I still recommend you get these three DVDs, The Medical Conspiracy by Bill Sneblin. He explains to you how the Federal Drug Administration, medical schools, drug companies are colluding together to actually destroy your health. So it's kind of a confirmation on what Dr. Stan Monteith is saying. Then Dr. Lynn Horowitz, an expert in health and vaccinations, explains how vaccinations, medical biochips, and politicians are actually colluding together to bring in the mark of the beast. And then, of course, planned population reduction today. The topics are... And these are some I haven't covered. Created viruses, cancer treatments, anthrax, chemtrails, suppressed cures, and a whole lot more. Get all three of those DVDs valued at $90 for gift at prophecyclub.com for only $35. But, of course, the best deal is go to watchprophecyclub.com. Watchprophecyclub.com. And you can sign up 20 bucks a month. You can watch over 160 different Prophecy Club DVDs. Watch prophecyclub.com. Now let's go listen to Dr. Stan Monteith in Planned Population Reduction. And like chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, these didn't exist when I went to medical school. There's a decreased fertility among our, our men. In fact, the, the sperm count in American men has fallen to about half of what it was a generation ago. And then we see Ebola and, and Lyme disease, and, and, and we see SARS and, and NIFA, which is a, another epidemic. And now we find about the avian flu epidemic that is threatening to annihilate us and night after night, week after week, on television, in the newspapers, on, on radio. We see articles about the avian flu pandemic, which it's not may occur, uh, but it's going to occur. It's only a matter of time. And you know that 55 people have died in the last two and a half to three years of this disease is going to annihilate us all. And, and 55, I think the last count was 58 people have died. Did you ever have a thought in your mind that perhaps your minds were being molded, your, your tastes suggested, your ideas formed by people you really didn't know? Well, San Jose Mercury News reported on the 5th of October of last year, page A1, the title of the article was Immigrant Youth's Health Deteriorates in U.S. Study Finds. And this is what it says. It's talking about foreign children coming to the United States. When they arrive, children of immigrants have lower rates of asthma and obesity than American-born children. Children born to immigrant mothers are also less likely to have low birth weights or die as an infant than children born to native-born mothers. When they arrive, children of immigrants have lower rates of asthma and obesity than American-born children, and children born to immigrant mothers also are less likely to have low birth weights or die as an infant than children born to native-born mothers. Why would that be? Aren't we supposed to be healthier than these people from underdeveloped countries that don't have all the advantages that we have here? Or is it perhaps that we don't really see what's going on? U.S. high school graduates, when they are finish their high school, and they are tested competitively with the high school graduates of other countries, are among the lowest in mathematics and in, uh, you know, in so many of their, the things that are tested for. I mean, we're down with Latvia and, and uh, Lithuania and Estonia. Why, why is it that with all the money we spend on education, we're doing such a poor job? I don't know how many of you watch Jay Leno. Uh, he is vulgar. And crude, but he, he does have some interesting, um, interesting programs where he interviews people on the street. I mean, many of them don't even know who's buried in Grant's tomb. I mean, it is the most incredible thing as you, as you see this whole story unfolding. 
In fact, uh, he, he told a story the other evening. He said there was recently a, a, a poll in Mexico, uh, and they, they polled the, uh, the Mexicans, and, and, six, and 60% of them said they wanted to come to the United States, and the other 40% are already here. <laughs> but be that as it may, Ellie Weissel was taken from his home when he was 18 years old and sent to a Nazi concentration camp. Uh, he survived that period of time by t- taking his fellow countrymen, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking the gold out of their teeth and all the things that they did after they'd been killed. But he wrote this in a book called One Generation After, 1970. Spring 1945, emerging from the nightmare, the world discovers the camps, the death factories, the senseless horror, the debasement, the absolute reign of evil. Victory tastes as ashes. There was then a technique, a science of murder, complete with specialized laboratories, business meetings, and progress charts. Those engaged in its practice did not belong to a gutter society of misfits, nor could they be dismissed as just a collection of rabble. Many held degrees in philosophy, sociology, biology, general medicine, psychiatry, and the fine arts. There were lawyers among them, and unthinkable but true, theologians and aristocrats. Now, why would intelligent, educated people participate in something like the Holocaust? Uh, With these idea of specialized laboratories and business meetings and progress charts? Could such a thing happen today? Could it really be that there are people who are, are, are charting a mass genocide throughout the world today? Let me, let me suggest to you that the U.S. Census Bureau is charting the, the progress of the AIDS epidemic throughout the world. I'm on all the bailing lists, and I get regularly about every year from the U.S. Census Bureau. The latest figures on what a great job is being done in controlling the AIDS epidemic throughout the world or monitoring a genocidal epidemic which is designed to kill blacks and non-whites throughout the world today. Well, you have to understand Nazism to understand what's really going on in the world today. Rudolf Hess said it best. He said, Nazism is nothing but applied biology. National socialism is nothing more than applied biology. Because you see, if you don't believe there's a God, why shouldn't mankind simply try to make a better world? Of course, you're going to have to get rid of certain people. So in the process of that, the Nazis sterilized some 700,000 mentally handicapped people. They killed 100,000 disabled people. They killed off, of course, the gypsies. They exterminated 6 million Jews. And they murdered about 12 million others, most of whom were Christians. Because at that time, of course, Europe was predominantly Christian. Europe is no longer Christian. Because, of course, the people there had believed their ministers who told them that they would be whisked away in a cloud in the rapture before anything bad happened. And, of course, it really wasn't true. It was a lie. And it really has turned the people of Germany against religion. And you can go, if you want to meditate, you can go to the churches in England today because there's nobody there to interrupt you. And in southern France, there are far more mosques than there are Christian churches. Well, if, the, if these things are really taking place, then somebody has to be controlling what the American people think. So the question is, who controls the media? Well, there's a wonderful book. It's called The New Media Monopoly. It's written by a man named Ben Bagdakian. He was, uh, he's a left-wing professor from the University of California in Berkeley, where I graduated many years ago. And Ben Bagdakian began studying the control of the media back in 1983, where there were 50 corporations that dominated the American media. 
In the last edition of his book, published in 2004, called The New Media Monopoly, he points out that five megacorporations dominate our media. Bertelsmann, Disney, Fox, Viacom, and Time Warner. And seven of those are not even owned by people who are primarily American. But little has changed. John Swinton lived from 1830 until 1901. He was the editorial page editor of the New York Times from 1860 to 1870. He was the editorial page writer and chief of staff of the New York Sun. After that, and in 1883, he gave a talk before something known as the Twilight Club in New York City, and that was on April 12, 1883. And we have the original source if you want to check these quotations so to be sure they're right, because I hope you will challenge everything we say, and I hope you can prove me wrong. This is what he wrote, or this is what he said, and this is what is recorded in a, in a book that came out in 1960, by, published by St. Martin's Press. In 1883, he said this, There is no such thing in America as an independent press, unless it is in the country towns. You know it, and I know it. There is not one of you who dares to write his honest opinions, and if you did, you know beforehand they would never appear in print. I am paid $150 a week for keeping my honest opinions out of the paper. I am connected with others of you are paid similar salaries for doing similar things. If I should permit honest opinions to be printed in one issue of my paper, like Othello, before 24 hours, my occupation would be gone. That comes from great quotations by George Seldes, Caesar Stewart, and that's Lynn Stewart of New York. That's today, that's St. Martin's Press. Now, 110 years later, Richard Harwood, who had been the editorial page editor of the Washington Post, and of course, he had retired in 1883, so uh, he's writing now in October of 1993, 110 years after uh, Swinton had, had, uh, had actually written his story. And Richard Harwood was writing about the control of the American government and the American media by the Council on Foreign Relations. And this is what he wrote. Speaking of the Council on Foreign Relations, the president is a member, so is his secretary of state, the deputy secretary of state, all five of the undersecretaries, several of the assistant secretaries, and the department's legal advisor. The president's national security advisor and his deputy are members, the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, like all previous directors, and the chairman of the Foreign Intelligence Advisory Board are members. The secretary of defense, three undersecretaries, and at least four assistant secretaries are members. The secretaries of the departments of housing and urban development Interior, Health and Human Services, and the Chief White House Public Relations Man, David Gergen, are also members along with the Speaker of the House and the Majority Leader of the Senate. In the past 15 years, Council Directors have included Hedley Donovan of Time Incorporated, Elizabeth Drew of The New Yorker, Philip Galen of Washington Post, Karen Elliott, House of the Wall Street Journal, and Strobe Talbot of Time Magazine. The editorial page editor, the deputy editorial page editor, the executive editor, the managing editor, the foreign editor, the national affairs editor, the business and financial editor, and various writers as well as Catherine Graham, the paper's principal owner, represent the Washington Post in the council's membership. And we've given you the reference to that, and if any of you want to get a copy of an article, we have it. Needless to say, it was not put on the front page of the Washington Post. I'm surprised it was even published there, but it was back on page um, uh, 21 where most people would never see it. You see, we really don't have uh, a two-party system. We have a one-party system because the people who control the Republican Party come from the CFR. The people who control the Democratic Party control come from the CFR 
And, and if you watch my video, which we have in the back there, The Secrets of the Illuminati, why you'll find out that these people control both political parties and they are a front for another secret group that is dedicated to a one-world government and a new world religion. Now, President Wilson was also well aware of this. He wrote a book in 1913 titled The New Freedom. This is Woodrow Wilson, and this is what he wrote. Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided in me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States in commerce and manufacture are afraid of somebody. They are afraid of something. They know there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive, that they'd better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. Now, we have the book, and, uh, you know, uh, I think this is such an important quotation. We'll be right back after this message. The recordings discussed on the Prophecy Club are typically offered for a gift of $30 per disc or title, a double disc for 45 or a triple disc for 65 If there are a way that you could watch any one of our DVDs for 50 cents to a dollar, you probably want to know about it, right? Well, go visit WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch over 160 Prophecy Club titles for an introductory monthly recurring subscription of just $20 a month, or a yearly subscription for $200. The early $200 subscription is the best deal because it locks in your rate against increases in monthly subscriptions. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. You'll love the format. It's easy to watch, and the quality is great. WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out today. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each, 25 for $160, that's $640 each, 15 for $120, that's $8 each, 10 for $100, obviously $10 each, 6 for $70, four for 50 and two for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112 and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. And now back to the program. We have the book, and, uh, you know, uh, I think this is such an important quotation, because Woodrow Wilson recognized this force. He did not realize that he himself was controlled by the force as he was writing these words. Because, you see, these people always have their people surrounding the people who control our government. Just as George Bush today is controlled by other people, like Karl Rove and Dick Cheney, who comes from the Council on Foreign Relations, so it was that Woodrow Wilson was controlled by a man named Edward Mandel House, Colonel House. In fact, President Roosevelt, and when I went through Colonel House's papers at the Sterling Library at Yale back in 1980, I came across this letter, and we have copies of it, even if you'd like to see them, writing to Colonel House, who also controlled uh, President Roosevelt. He controlled Woodrow Wilson. He controlled Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And uh, Roosevelt was writing to Colonel House on November 21st, 1933, and this is what he wrote. The real truth of the matter is, as you and I know, that a financial element in the larger centers has owned the government ever since the days of Andrew Jackson. You see, 
President Roosevelt really didn't understand what this was all about, any more than Woodrow Wilson understood what it was about, but they knew that there was a force there, a force somewhere, someplace, so powerful, so complete, so pervasive, so watchful, that most people were afraid to even mention it, speak of it above their breath, when they spoke in condemnation of it. President Nixon, after he was forced out of the White House, wrote a book called The Real War. And you'll find on page 238 of that book, published in 1980, this statement. The, na- the nation's immediate problem is that while the common man fights America's wars, the intellectual elite sets the agenda. Today, whether the West lives or dies is in the hands of the new power elite. Those who set the terms of public debate, who manipulate the symbols, who decide whether the nation or leaders will be depicted on a hundred million television sets as good or bad. This power elite sets the limits of the possible for the president and Congress. It molds the impression that moved the nation or that mire it. Sort of sound like Edward Bernay, doesn't it? Writing back in, in, in 1929. And, and President Roosevelt recognized this. And certainly President Nixon recognized it. But none of them really understood what I'm going to tell you today. Are we being told the truth? Does the media control our reality? Do we believe what we see, those dancing shadows on the wall of the cave? Or is there another reality that, uh, that we are totally unaware of? Well, most people believe that the United States went into World War II because Adolf Hitler was an evil man and he wanted to rule the world. Well, there's no question that Adolf Hitler was a, an evil man, but did you ever wonder how it was that Adolf Hitler could come to power in 1933? And by 19... 19- 38, he was challenging the entire world at that time. I mean, how, where did he get his gasoline? Germany doesn't have any gasoline. Where did he get uh, the rubber? They didn't have any rubber. Where did they get the material to build up their military? Where did they get the finances to build up the military? They were a bankrupt nation when he came to power. Well, there are a number of books that cover this. You're not going to find them in your local library. Charles Higgum, Hingham. Trading with the Enemy, 1932 to 1949. Did you realize that all during the Second World War, when our boys were dying on the beaches of Normandy and, you know, in the, in the forests of France and Germany, that American industrialists were financing and helping and Adolf Hitler and, and, and helping him to get his war material? Certainly, I found, when I went through Colonel House's papers at Yale University, a letter that was written by Ambassador Dodd to Colonel House. And this letter was written in 1936. And in that letter, uh, Ambassador Dodd is asking Colonel House, why are American corporations building up the Nazi war machine? I mean, here's 1936. We just got through with the First World War. Nobody wants another war. There are 100 American corporations here in Germany that are building up the Nazi war machine, and they can't get any money out of the country. They're exchange controlled, so there's no money to be made by building up the Nazi war machine. Why is this happening? Do the American people know what's happening? And I suspect Ambassador Dodd really didn't understand. I'm sure Colonel House did understand, but there's no record of a reply to Ambassador Dodd. There's a wonderful book called Who Financed Sister by James and Suzanne Poole. And, of course, Henry Ford. Henry Ford, the great American uh, patriot, was financing Adolf Hitler. He got the highest sort of rating, highest medal that Adolf Hitler could give to a civilian. Professor Sutton's excellent book, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. 
We recommend it to you because it goes into the background of the financing of Adolf Hitler and how American corporations, IT&T and General Motors and Ford and, and so many of the others, Exxon, Standard Oil of, um, and uh, American banks actually financed and helped build the, the Wehrmacht uh, so we could have a Second World War. And much of this is covered in the video. If you haven't seen it, let me recommend it. And I have no a personal interest in it, um, you know, but it's back there. It's called The Secrets of the Illuminati, where we cover so much of this. There are so many other things that most Americans have never heard of. One of them was called Operation Paperclip, and that was at the end of the Second World War, when our government brought many of the Nazis who should have been tried at Nuremberg and executed for their crimes, brought them to the United States and where they worked upon our space program, where they worked upon psychology and psychological programs uh, to destroy people's minds and continue the horrible work they were doing in the concentration camps. And they began to work on the development of biological warfare agents, some of which are inflicting people throughout America, perhaps some of you here in this room today. Uh, there's a wonderful book called Linda Hunt, The Secret Agenda. She was a uh, reporter, uh, did a wonderful job getting it, Linda Hunt, The Secret Agenda. If you don't believe there's thought control in America, try to get a copy of her book off of, off of Amazon or off of, you know, it costs $150, $200. Um, we, incidentally, we have interviewed Linda on several occasions. We've got a great um, um, series of interviews with her. Colin Ross's book. Colin Ross is a psychiatrist. And it is book Bluebird, which is really basically the story of how he uh, had, had to treat to so many patients who had mental disease that had been created in them by the experiments carried out by the CIA, the so-called dissociative personalities. But he goes into Operation Paperclip in great detail. Craig Roberts' book, The Medusa File, and I know Stan has that book available. And uh, if you haven't read The Medusa File, you need to. Craig is a wonderful, wonderful friend of both of ours. Uh, Craig had written nine books. He uh, was a lieutenant colonel in the uh, military reserve. He'd been a sniper in, in um, Vietnam. But he had written and published nine books that had done very well. And then he wrote the book, which we call The Medusa File, gave it to his, his uh, agent, shopped it around to all of the various um, uh, major publishers in New York, and not one of them would publish it. And Craig was just so crestfallen. And, and then about a few weeks later, why one of the editors of one of the largest publishing houses in this country called Craig and said, that's a wonderful book. You've got to get that book published. And Craig says, if you think it's a wonderful book, why won't you publish it? And the man told him. Well, don't you understand? There are CIA agents planted in our publishing house and in every major publishing house. If I published your book, I'd be out of a job. But the American people need to get that information. So actually, Craig self-published the book in two parts, Kill His Own and The Medusa File. And Stan has the book. We've recommended it to you strongly. And he writes extensively about Operation Paperclip there. Paul Manning wrote a book on Martin Borman. See, what happened as part of this Operation Paperclip, a lot of the scientists came here, but 10,000 of them were taken to South America with the help of the CIA and British MI6 and certain elements within the Vatican. And this is in no way to be anti-Catholic in what I'm saying, because there's satanic forces working within the Vatican and within the CIA and with the MI6 that are all part of what I refer to as the occult hierarchy. There really is an occult hierarchy that rules the world. If you doubt that, and you have a computer, when you get home, I want you to go onto your computer and type in occult hierarchy on Google. And you'll see the number, first two article, first two things there are my articles on the occult hierarchy. But then you get down into the people who use the term, who tell you, yes, we are part of the occult hierarchy. 
And we have a plan with a capital P. Read what they have to say. There really is a plan. There really is an occult hierarchy that rules the world. Well, uh, certainly MI6, uh, the CIA, those satanic elements working within the Vatican, they're working within the Protestant church as well, so I'm not picking on the Catholics. I mean, this permeates every aspect of our society today. Uh, But these elements help Martin Bormann and Adolf Eichmann and Charles Barbie, Klaus Barbie, and um, Joseph Mengele, and 10,000 of the most vicious Nazis escaped to South America, where most of them lived out their lives, and you've never heard about it because of the degree of control that exists today over what the American people think. Sam Donaldson did a great special uh, on it called The Rat Line, which I've seen, uh, where he actually went down and talked to these Nazis in the early 1990s. Many of them were still living there in Paraguay and Argentina. Why would we help 10,000 Nazis who were equally guilty to, you know, the ones who were tried? Why would he help them to escape to South America? Why would we bring many of their scientists here to the United States? And if these things I'm telling you are true, why is it that the average American has no idea what I'm talking about? Could it possibly be that we are governed, that our minds are molded, that our, our tastes are formed, that our ideas are suggested largely by men we have never heard of? Then there was Operation Keelhaul. That was the forced repatriation of about, the figure varies between 2 and 5.8 million. I think the 5.8 million is the most reliable because it, it comes from Nikolai, Nikola Tolstoy's book, or Nikolai Tolstoy's book, The Secret Betrayal, uh, and it comes from the Russians' own files. But they were uh, Russians who had either uh, been captured by the Nazis when the positions were overrun or who had actually, uh, actually defected to the Nazis because of their intense hatred of communism. And that some of them even fought against the the communists because they hated Stalin and they hated communism and and they wanted to be free. But at the end of the war, they were rounded up. Some of them were here in the United States, some were in Canada, some were in England, some uh, in Europe. And at the point of the bayonet, many of them drugged, uh, you know, forcibly repatriated, where uh, certainly 20% of them were promptly murdered. 15 to 20% sent to Siberia for 10 to 15 years, which was a death sentence. 10% exiled to Siberia. It's an incredible story, and the fact that most people have never heard of Operation Kielhaal is simply a reflection of the degree of control that today exists over what the American people think. But there have been many other holocausts. America was involved in a war with Spain in 1890, uh, uh, 1899, it should be, and uh, actually... 1898. The war was in 1898, but it really went on for several years after that, uh, although the war, the war ended very, very promptly. It continued in the Philippines, where we killed about 200,000 Filipinos who were fighting for their freedom. You will never hear that mentioned anywhere, unless, of course, you do a little research on the Internet. It's up there. Some of the figures go to a million, but I've chosen to take the lower figure. I think that probably is more accurate. These were Filipinos who just didn't want to be dominated by America. I'm going to break in right there, but I encourage you to get the medical conspiracy, anthrax, smallpox, and vaccinations, planned population reduction, three DVDs, $30 each, normally $90. Today, get all three of them for a gift of $35. Besides that, it goes to Prophecy Club. Help us continue to bring this to you. But, of course, the best deal is go to WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. You can watch all of them for 20 bucks a month. What a deal. WatchProphecyClub.com. That is The Medical Conspiracy by Bill Sneblin, Anthrax, Smallpox, Vaccinations by Dr. Lynn Horowitz, and by Dr. Stan Monteith. You've just been listening to The Planned Population Reduction. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And yes, it is summertime. Thank you for your gifts of support.
God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each. 25 for 160, that's 640 each. 15 for 120, that's 8 bucks each. 10 for 100, obviously $10 each. 6 for 70, 4 for 50, and 2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog. Or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. We just launched WatchProphecyClub.com. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable. $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that'll lock in your rate for a year even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com.